just reboot this and then we're gonna we're gonna do the twist ending but it's gonna instead of being an amazing rod serling written twist ending with the statue of liberty coming out of the sand and damn you all to hell yeah it's gonna do this fucking weird shit with mark Wahlberg and all of a sudden abe lincoln's an ape no right. that sucked <laughs> giant balls yeah this is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. As an extension of LiterateApe.com, the Literate Ape podcast is a generator of original content mostly adult in nature. Themes and language contained herein require listener discretion. Thank you, and please enjoy. Watched um, the Roseanne, the new Roseanne. I did not watch the new Roseanne. I didn't watch the old Roseanne. You've never seen any Roseanne. I mean, I've seen like clips, but I've never okay. watched the show. All right. So Roseanne is back. I heard yeah. that. I watched an interview between she and John Goodman talking to Jimmy Kimmel, and I went, "Yeah, I'm not interested." Okay. I love John Goodman, but I'm not interested. In so that I show. never watched Roseanne when it was on. Yeah. I watched it because tw- Katie loves it. The, right. the old Roseanne. Okay. And. She would have it on in the background or whatever, and we we would sit and watch it. And it's a good show. Like it's got its funny moments. It's and it's, you know, it, it as any reviewer will say or any wiki, you know, the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia page will say. Like it it touched on, you know, gay rights and all this other shit. Like it was provocative for its time and brought up some interesting, you know, important ideas in America and all. See, this my other perspective shit. on it is if I loved the Gary Shandling show. Mm-hmm. But if I if I had a visceral visceral reaction of, of disdain and disgust to Gary Shandling, there's nothing about Rip Torn's performance that would ever make up for that. I would hate the show. Okay. And I have never found Roseanne Barr to be funny. Okay. I find and her that's... just simply annoying as hell. And so no matter it doesn't matter how good the show is, it's she's in it and it's her show. Sure. I'm not okay. gonna watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Arguably, the show—if it were anybody else other than Roseanne Barr—sure, the show might work for you. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. Absolutely. Of course, the show wouldn't be the show without Good Times. Roseanne was Barr. the same show and was oh, really I, good. Yeah, it's a poor family of four. They're living their life. They're doing the best they can. Yeah, but Good Times didn't hit on the. I don't think. Good, I don't think Good Times hit on the the social. Issues as hard as Roseanne did, but I think part of that you don't remember good times then. Well, but I think before before good times became the hey hey the the the, yeah the the JJ Walker yeah before became that that's all it was was a comedy about living in poverty in Cabrini Green and it and it was all about the social issues. It was one of the best. It was a Norman Lear. Yes, but I think he didn't mess around and and I digress a little bit or backpedal a little bit on what I just said because I think part of the reason that. Good Times isn't lauded as the social conscious sure. woke show that it was compared to Roseanne is because, because that no one blacks used the word whites. Well, nobody used the word woke. Well, yeah. They didn't get that pressure. But it was here's this, this black show yeah. talking about social issues. Yeah. Like, okay, we don't give a fuck. Well, because for that, we're America. For that matter, everything Norman Lear did touched on major. I mean, uh, Maude was the very first yeah. mention of abortion. Right. 
in primetime television. Yeah. And Maude had an abortion. Right. And they dealt with that in that episode. I mean, so, yeah, I think yeah. Norman Lear is not given the credit oh, sure. that he's due. But no, that's because yeah. nobody that watches TV anymore was alive then, except for me. But a poor white family. <laughs> <laughs> a poor white family. That makes, that makes headlines. Well, yeah, just like, poor black well it's just like the Parkland uh, kids, you know, they're white, and so they make, and then 1.5 million people march. The black kids are, are protesting police violence, and uh, they're just called and, thugs. And they're thugs, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but the whole, you know, so Roseanne is back. Okay. And it got me thinking that there is this... And she's in, like a Trump supporter in this, right? She is. Okay. Jesus Christ. And I'm curious to see how it goes down, because there's... A mixed kid, when, like so, her son DJ has a as a child who's mixed mixed race, and her daughter Darlene has a a son who is not transgender, but maybe like he's he's girly. Okay. Like okay, so like maybe he's Roseanne, gay, maybe he's John, a woman, yeah. or whatever the fuck her the husband's name is. Dan. Dan, thank you. They're How do I know that? that? I don't ever right? watch the yeah, show. I, right? I don't. Yeah. Because Zeitgeist, man. Zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like maybe this Roseanne show this this um, version of Roseanne this reboot whatever the fuck you want to call this continuation part two whatever um, the Trump supporters might look at this and go oh maybe it's okay to love a trans kid or a gay kid or a mixed kid like maybe these people aren't bad because if Roseanne a Trump supporter can get on board with this because but they're kids. Yeah. So but isn't that the whole issue? Like, clearly the GOP and oh, no, the, the issue is they, they hate can, fucking kids. Oh, they well, made no, that they, they don't know. It's not like, that they hate kids. They don't like the adults. Well, but they don't like the kids either. Well, they don't like the kids because they'll become adults. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's going away from, like, the social aspect of this stuff, there's a thing that's happening right now in entertainment that is the, the banking on nostalgia. You and you know, think that's new? Well, I think it's it's not new, but it is like it is in it is in fucking sixth gear. The Batmobile, you know, fire out the ass like it is burning Mach Seven right now. Like we've got so we've got Roseanne, we've got the Will and Grace, um, Fuller that. House, which is the you know the the I don't watch that version of Full House or the the reboot. So of these Full are House. all like '90s nostalgia. 90s nostalgia. Okay, 90s yeah. nostalgia. Okay, we're in 90s nostalgia. Because, um, like, Stranger Things is 80s nostalgia. But even nostalgia. Str- Stranger... But nostalgia from, like, the 80s, 90s. Like, the the late Gen X, early millennial nostalgia. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Stranger Things, uh, Everything Sucks on Netflix. Which is, what, is that 90s? That was 90s, That's yeah. 90s, so okay. So it takes place in, like, 95 or 96. All right. Um, Jurassic World, which is... Like, oh, remember that thing in the 90s that was great? Let's oh, redo that again. Oh, they're rebooting. Okay, I see what um, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars, for that matter. Like, just this idea of all the the, the things we love, the nostalgia. Um, Star Trek, even, you know, bringing out the and new Star and Trek you're, movies. And you're, so what, are you saying it's a bad thing? Or are you saying it's annoying? Or you I don't know. Make... I just think, like, what... It's a money-making thing. Well, I mean, it, it, I guess... I guess I guess what I what I what I instantly you know and because I'm a contrarian and that's what I do um, is that that's always pop culture is always banked on nostalgia. I mean, The Great Gatsby has been made into several movies and is a very celebrated book, and it's just nostalgia for the 1920s. That's all it is. Yes, but The Great Gatsby was written in the 1920s. 
about the 1920s. It was written in its right. time, about its time. Right, but, uh, I mean, and that's then, yeah, fair. But our, but our, our the revamping the it, we're, we're in, in, engaging in nostalgia. Every time Saving Private Ryan was nostalgia. It was made much long, much later after World War II, but you know there was this oh, thing. I think, that, I think that's very different yeah, than, than what we're dealing with now. Because what saving, about American Graffiti? Nostalgia. Okay, because American Graffiti made in the seventies, about the fifties, which spawned Happy Days, Happy Days, and Laverne right. Shirley, yes. and that whole like there was a big baby boomer nostalgia too. Okay. Yes, yeah, and they did was... it very they, like I mean Billy Joel's entire catalog is nostalgia is banking on nostalgia. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, doesn't shit, mean it's not good. Fi- What's that? Doesn't mean it's not good. No, it doesn't mean it's not good. But it, are, are I, didn't, we... I don't like We Didn't Start the Fire. I, mean, I think that's a shit song, but. It's a weak song. That's a crap song. Yeah, because um, I really like Billy Joel, and I and I don't like that song. Yeah, I mean Billy Joel. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, it's just. But if you really go back and listen to Billy Joel and like pick apart the lyrics, it's a little like like the skinny tie and the white wall tie. Like, all right, stop with the fifties, you know. But yeah, Billy Joel's okay. But there's still there is. I just feel like now there's. We're leaning a lot on nostalgia for the sake of ah, remember that this is the whole thing that, and you're gonna you're gonna want to see it because it makes you feel good. And it may not even be that good. Well, there's only so much fucking Duck Dynasty people can suffer. So that's okay. So that's a great point. Like there's the reality show, yeah, which is a little bit lazy in the creative thinking. Well, I mean, yeah, and then there's the nostalgia. I don't so know if it's lazy. Like, it's, it's just a sandwich different. of creativity. Is is the nostalgia? Is this a Dangerous thing for creativity, where we're just oh, that's right. banking on because I feel like it's not just. Uh, I mean, so okay, so Stranger Things is like nostalgia. It's all the eighties, the cues, and all yeah, this yeah. Other it's, stuff. it looks like it, it feels like it, it sounds like it. It's and I thought it was wonderful, and that's fine. Like it's it's yeah. almost, it's a period piece, yeah, genre. right. But is is Roseanne, Will and Grace, um, Fuller House, like all these, we're just. It's See, like the thing I'm about it is, I, oh, I love Full House. I'm gonna watch Fuller House. I, oh, I love thing, Roseanne. I can't watch, watch this Roseanne. shit because I don't think it's interesting. I didn't like it in the '90s. I didn't watch this stuff, so I'm trying to. The, I, I, when Fuller House came out, I thought you gotta fucking be kidding me. Fuller House is kind of good. Well, then I, mean, I thought funny. I thought okay, so what's what would be my equivalent? Because I didn't watch Full House when it was on. So really? I mean, no, it's in the nineties. I, I wasn't watching you, yeah, bullshit. I was yeah. living See, I was life. I was a kid then. Yeah, I yeah. I, you know, I wasn't was watching that yeah. kind of. Bull. I watch different bullshit now. Okay, but yeah. uh, you know, but the, you know, I got way too pretentious to watch you know that kind of bullshit. Yeah, but I'm like, what? What were like sitcoms when I was a kid that I would go, oh, and they and they actually they have just come out um, with uh, a Netflix new Netflix movie, which is what Cobra Kai. No. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. See, so that's, that's another one, my, and yeah. that's that's appealing again to me because that's Danielson. That is Mr. Miyagi, although he's dead. Um, that is put the him in a body bag. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so they took. They've got the the you know the I don't even know the actor's name, but uh, Ralph Macchio and the guy that played Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. Now they're having their Cobra Kai back. It's like, you know, and I look at it and I go, that is some cheeseball bullshit. But there isn't. Anything that's going to stop me from watching it. Well, but here's the thing, though, is that is it a continuation of the story, or is it just uh, does does it exist for the sake of remember this? Well, I think there's two ways of looking at it, and I actually, and what comes to my mind is, I loved as a kid the Planet of the Apes. 
Okay. I mean, and Charlton the, Heston. The thing is, I yeah. can forgive Chuck Heston uh, for all his NRA bullshit yeah. because he was fucking Taylor. Okay. <laughs> I grew up watching badass yeah. against the fucking talking apes, Cornelius Zeus. Uh, you know, I love that shit. Yeah. However, banking on nostalgia, uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes was bullshit. It was crap. It was terrible. Yeah. And it was banking on nostalgia. Yes. It was just like rebooting for the sake of rebooting. Yeah. Let's just reboot this, and then we're gonna we're gonna do the twist ending. But it's gonna instead of being an amazing Rod Serling written twist ending with the Statue of Liberty coming out of the sand and damn you all to hell. Yeah. It's gonna do this fucking weird shit with Mark Wahlberg, and all of a sudden Abe Lincoln's an ape. No, that sucked. (laughs) Giant balls. Yeah. However. In answer to your question, is it just a power grab or is it a continuation of the story? The the new, they got Planet of the Apes, boom. And then they did the reboot with the Planet of the Apes, with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, yep. you know, with uh, James Franco. Yep. And then, and those, while they hearken to a certain nostalgia, are standalone mm-hmm. and are excellently made. And they're prequel. They're prequel. Well, no, actually, they're not prequel. That's the thing. Is if you understand the Planet of the Apes, it's a circle. So there okay. is no way. All right. To yeah. Okay. There is okay. no way to prequel the circle because okay. it starts sure. with Planet of the Apes, then it goes to uh, shit. It's not under. Is it under the planet? No, it's not under the planet. But basically, the second Planet of the Apes is the one with James Franciscus looking for Taylor, mm-hmm. finds the the bunch of uh, atomic bomb worshipping people. Yeah. And just as they blow up the world, um, Cornelius and uh, Zira get off on their, their spaceship and they go back in time, escape from the Planet of the Apes. They land in the right. 70s. Then Caesar's born in... Uh, uh, Ricardo Montalban takes him and names him Caesar, makes him in the zoo. Then you have Battle of the Planet of the Apes, which was actually used fight and or like riot sequences that were modeled after the Watts riots. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and then they went to some horse shit and it got really, really. But bad see, there like you've leaving. got all these different but, stories happening. Yeah. And then now, like with the new Planet of the Apes, stuff, they're doing the same. It's thing. a new story. And so I think the answer to your question is happening. it depends. I think it can be just a cash grab. It can be just a nostalgia circle jerk. But in the best cases, it is not. I think Stranger Things is actually a pretty good example. I think Stranger Things is, is not that, a cash grab. Yeah, they 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 pump it up a with a lot. Piece. They pump it up with a lot of stuff that may or may not be necessary in terms of sort of those nostalgic reminders. It's a little heavy-handed. It's sometimes. a little. It can be a little yeah, heavy-handed, but, but the reality is, whatever. it's a good story. Sure, the characters are interesting and it's well done. It feels like what I liked about it is it felt like a really good Stephen King adaptation. Okay. You know, because... I f- and I think it felt like a really good S- Steven Spielberg movie. Okay. And right. so either way, yeah. it was successful. But it could also... That story and what they're dealing with could yeah. happen at any time. Yeah, exactly. It they could just, happen in the 1800s, you know, to a degree. Arguably, I don't know because... It's another world that opens up. Yeah, I guess, I guess happen, it's true. They don't it need be, to yeah. be at the arcade. They yeah. don't need just, to be dressed as Ghostbusters. But those were, all, those, those were all, the things that Steve, those were the, yeah. all the things that Stephen yeah. King wrote about. Yeah. I mean, everything in that... Television series is Stephen King generated in some way. And I think that the Roseanne is there's a story to tell. Like now they're grandparents and they're dealing with so Roseanne in the beginning, the first Roseanne, mm-hmm. they were dealing with being parents in the nineteen eighties and nineties. And now they're dealing with being grandparents 
in the 2000s. In a world, in a world right. that is vastly shifted. And very different, and yeah. And she's very right-wing. And one of the, one of the questions and the, the issues that have come up with um, the, the characters in the show is, well, you know, Roseanne was very liberal and forward-thinking and progressive in how they dealt with homosexuality and mm-hmm. poor people. And now and, she's you know, not that way. And now she's not because she's a Trumper. Or Trumpeteer, whatever the fuck. Whatever they call, the you fuck know. you want to call it, Trump fire, um, yeah, dumpster fire. Oh, I don't care. And in the in the pilot, it's a it's really heavy handed. You know, Aunt Jackie shows up, her sister with yeah. uh, a t shirt that says "Nasty Woman" and a you know the pussy hat thing, and it's like okay, you get it. you guys are different, and you're yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah, you're fighting. The, yeah, um, you know, but how does Roseanne deal with the issue of? And we don't know yet, you know, but how does she deal with the issue of a mixed child? How does she deal with the issue of a gay or transgender grandchild? Well, that's easy. And they come to love that, you know, e- like no, that's... No, no, no. See, that's easy. The mixed race child, she waits until the mixed race child is on a cell phone and then she shoots him 20 times. And then the okay. transgender child, she just doesn't let that child go to the bathroom ever until the child that's, dies of that's like toxic shock. Yeah, 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 that's, that's season two. That's what she'll do. But like Will and Grace... You know, I never like, watched Will and Grace. I watched Will ever. and Grace for about a minute. I didn't even and watch it that went, long. Okay, this is just annoying because the characters are cartoony, but then they would have these really serious moments with these cartoony characters, and it just didn't. It just yeah. didn't work. See, Joe but and I now it's like, but, yeah. but Will and Grace, for all of its flaws, in my opinion, yeah. Will and Grace was important for the Zeitgeist because Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist. zeitgeist? I think. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was important at the at that time because we had never seen gay characters as the main characters and not being weird or made fun of, except that they were cartoon and caricature. No, they were kind of made ways. fun of. But we saw. From what I saw, Will and Grace. What yeah, I, and it was it yeah, was they cartoon. Were, they were but definitely it was doing like, gay jokes. Oh, there's there's a thing that yeah. we're not comfortable with, and now we can be comfortable because we're seeing it, and it's, we're on, seeing it's in our it's living happening, rooms. Yeah. But how does that work now? Like, gay, being gay now gives a fucking goddamn shit. Like, it's not that big of a deal now. So why bring Will and Grace back? Other than the four actors need a fucking job. Well, there you go. And and that and honestly, the money's to be made. You can make money. And I, I have not watched I didn't the new watch Will it. and Grace because I, I don't care. I didn't watch Will and Grace, so I'm not going to watch Will and Grace, the reboot. I didn't watch Full House. I'm not going to watch Fuller House, the reboot. I didn't watch Roseanne. I'm not going to watch Roseanne. But I'll tell you, the that Fuller House... So I think there's a difference between like things like Stranger Things or uh, even American Graffiti and what you're talking about. Because what you're talking about is it's a continuation of the characters in a cash grab sort of way. That's not the same. I mean, like right. I'm saying Stranger Things didn't take like Stephen King. I don't think. I don't think that 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 Stranger Things is a cash grab. I don't. No. I don't even think that the new Roseanne is a cash grab. Okay. I think that Will and Grace is a little cash grab. Okay. Um. I think that, because they basically started where they, they started with the new one where they started with the old one. So like, right. eh, what? Um, I don't even know what that means. Fuller House is a continuation of the story. Okay. There's, they, I mean, it's the exact same formula, except that it's instead of Danny who lost his wife and he's got these kids to raise and his friend and his brother. I or don't sibling, know who any of these people um, are they're all coming to help raise the kids together. It's the exact same thing, except now it's the kids who are dealing with it. The kids from the full house. It's a continuation. It's the same formula, but a continuation. Um, I, I just I just wonder, like, how much is this hurting 
our creative process where we're just going, well, let's see what was old and let's either reboot it or just can, let's reboot it and do the same thing or do we build on that? And it's it's a fine line, but there's a lot of nostalgia out there right now. I think it depends on uh, who's making it. I really do. I think, sure. it's, I think it depends on who's making it and what kind of integrity they bring to it. Um, I mean, there, it's arguable. You could say that all the Marvel movies are basically nostalgic because most of the storylines that they're telling were written in the 80s. Yeah, but it's because we've never seen our comic books on film like that. No, never have. So I don't think that that's, that's it, a cash grab. It's still new. That's like, let's, no. Well, the thing, of course, it's a cash a grab, grab, but it's a cash well, it's grab a, with it's some a smart, It's a smart yeah. investment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cash it grab, but, but with, with some integrity because they're telling good, compelling stories. But the only reason, to be honest with you, I mean, the thing about it is, Iron Man, I was thrilled with Iron Man. Yeah, I fucking give a shit about it. I never read Iron Man. I didn't give a shit about Iron Man. Sure. And, and that's why they did it. It's like, oh, well, let's take it. He was a lesser known character. He, nobody weird, gave a yeah. shit about Iron Man. Right. Iron Man was not I a loved great, Iron Man. I didn't read a lot of Iron Man. I, I loved yeah, Iron I Man. I just thought, yeah. ah, but I loved that movie. Yeah. And it was because the CGI had just come up. I think John Favreau is actually a really excellent He's an director. Excellent He's director. a great yeah. director for pop. I, I thought Cowboys and Aliens. Sure. Hey, no, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> stupid love, fun. It's right, stupid yeah. fun, right? Yeah. Um, I like Zathura. I don't know that one. Uh, Dax Shepard is in it. It's okay. basically Jumanji, but in space. It's all it is. Okay, so yeah, it's not like yeah. Jumanji was just re rebooted. Just rebooted, or yeah. redone, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it is. Why? You know, and I'll be honest Because with they you, can? No, this is the thing that I like it, because I was skeptical, because I love Jumanji. Okay. I, I, I love yeah. that movie. I think that movie is great. It's based on Chris Van Allsburg, who I love Chris Van Allsburg. Um, and I love the work he does, so I really love Jumanji. And when they were like, okay, we're going to do Jumanji, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, my first thought was, yeah, fuck you. And then I saw Dwayne Johnson was in it, and went, okay, maybe not so much fuck you, because I really like Dwayne Johnson. And he... While he is a complete fucking whore dancing monkey, he'll do anything for a dollar. He's yeah. doing Rampage. Rampage, Rampage is an right? 80s, right? Except he's highly entertaining. I'm okay with Rampage. I mean, but that's what it is. It's just a cash grab. They've got sure, the ability because to... I love that. Me, I love I'm that a perfect video fucking game. person. I love that video game. I love that video, that video game. game. Love that video so, game. Yeah. Just, so it's like, all right, let's do this. But that was the thing. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Have you seen it? No. It is outstanding. Okay. And, I mean, what they did was, I, I just think it's it's as good as the first movie, but for completely different reasons. Because instead of the game, and this is what, the, the, the writers were incredibly smart. I really do think they were smart. I loved what they did. Was that Jumanji is, the game comes out into our world. Right. Right? All the yeah. animals come out into our world. Yeah. In this one... And I love the way it starts. It's the very beginning of the game. is in the 90s, and so this guy, this kid, finds the game in the sand where they buried it mm -hmm. and gives it to his younger brother. And his younger brother's playing an Atari. Right. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And he looks over, he pauses his Atari, and he looks at it, he goes, a board game? He fucking play a board game. He goes back playing his Atari. While he's asleep, yeah. the game looks at the Atari. I don't know how to explain it. And then all of a sudden, goes, dunk, 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 and the kid wakes up and he opens it up and now it's a game cartridge uh -huh. the game is no longer a board game it's a game cartridge mm -hmm. which I think is a genius thing because it gives a whole insidiousness yeah. to the game itself and so then you jump the game is self-aware it's like yeah, you need to adapt exactly to, yeah. which is yeah. fascinating and then you jump like uh, 20 years later 
um, in 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of kids, four kids that uh, are like been in detention. So it's a new version on the story. It's a completely because they get sucked instead of the game coming out in the our world. They go they into get sucked it. into the game right. and actually have to a play the video things. game yeah. with bosses. See and that they I'm have okay like with tattoos yeah. on their yeah. arms and the tattoos disappear as they lose lives. It's really no, I, I think, it was I think that that's clever great. Like that's it. that's the I really thing is it. that there's um, if you take if you put a new take on it that's that's mm-hmm. great. Like I don't think. My greatest fear is that somebody will redo It's a Wonderful Life. Like, they will just fuck with shit, just like, and Jason... They already have. They already have. Who? Marlo Thomas. No. Have you not seen Marlo Thomas in the updated version? Oh, God. What? Marlo Thomas, Danny Thomas' daughter. Yes, Danny Thomas loves getting lying underneath the glass table getting shit on. That girl was Marlo Thomas. I'm looking it up. Hold on. Marlo Thomas, It's a Wonderful Life. Was it a made-for-TV movie? Because oh, we're gonna find out. It happened one Christmas. A guardian angel, Clarice Leachman, shows a depressed married woman, Marlo Thomas, what would what life would be like oh, without well, her. Okay, that's fine. Nineteen seventy-seven. Same got no. It's exactly the that's same fine. story. They did that with Family Man with um, Nick Cage and so, Kay Leone. So what and, I'm saying is, like you said, oh, they, I hate if they do it. It's a wonderful life. But, they did. They yes, did except it. They that there, there are stories, there are themes that we that we exist in that we react to, and yeah. they. They adapt them, but that's not "It's a Wonderful Life" beat for beat. Like it's well, not a reboot of "It's a Wonderful many, Life." How many motherfucking episodes? How many different versions of a Christmas Carol do we gotta see? Sure, and that's fine. Like Scrooge, okay. Um, I mean, how many fucking different versions of any Shakespeare play? There you go. That has been turned into a movie so or that's like some a, kind that's of novel like or whatever. Four hundred and fifty year right. old nostalgia, and that's fine. But the the. It's got to have a different or a new take on things. And not just for the sake of, well, now we've got CGI. Yeah. And now we've got, you know, Tim Burton doing... Like, Tim Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, not necessary. That was shit. The new Planet of the Apes with the James Franco. Brilliant. And the, great. Yeah, really brilliant. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Well, on the theme of nostalgia, I guess... Um, Give a listen, this is a listen, to Third Eye Blind's debut album, Third Eye Blind. Uh-huh. That album holds it's up. It's called Third Eye Blind? Yeah. Okay. It's the one with Semi-Charmed Life yes. and Jumper. Yep. Like, they're hits, basically, like the five hits they had. Yeah. God, that's a good album. All right. That's, see, that's a good one. That's nostalgia. That's 90s? 96, 97, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Mine is a read. My first thing is not nostalgia. None of mine are nostalgia-based. Okay. Uh, my first one is a read. It's called Some... 40 Tales from the Afterlives by Donald Eagleman. Okay. All right. It's 40 chapters. Each is about three pages long. Each chapter is a different hypothetical situation when you die. The afterlife is a gigantic airport waiting room. The afterlife where you get to choose what you get reincarnated is. The afterlife life, like the Matrix. Yeah. And so it's 40 of these, and they're very funny, and they make you think, and it's all about unusual versions of the afterlife okay and uh, it's called some sum 40 tales from the afterlife by david engelman um i think uh, it, it's a it's great the thing about it is it's the perfect toilet read that after you're done pooping yeah and you read your three pages yeah you're gonna spend about 10 minutes going wow i want to think about that read another five pages while wiping 
Well, then you know, because that's two things to think about. It's too much. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. So what is your, what is your number two? Uh, my, next, no, my next one, number two, uh, it's another listen. <laughs> uh, it's nostalgia, I guess. Listen to LL Cool J's album, Mama Said Knock that, You Out. That is a great fucking <laughs> a fucking album. great album. Are you kidding me? It's <laughs> a great album. Ladies love Cool James. They do. They really do. And they should. Yeah. Maybe not as much now with the whole NCI or whatever weird cop No, he does NCIS. He also does that, uh, that, that slam karaoke, whatever that karaoke show. Oh, God, show. that's right. That shit is super funny. That is it? It super is. Super funny? Yeah, it is super funny. It's, it's so weird. I, I question your taste buds. It, well, it depends on who's doing it. If you see the, 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 Gord, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing Rhythm Nation, he fucking... I've seen it. I've got issues with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, that's all. Are maybe, you serious? Because that guy rocks. Oh, he got you too, didn't he? Oh, Jesus. I think he's yeah. super talented. His eyes might as well be like just like the hip, hypnosis eyes, the swirly things. He's just, mm. Yeah, you've fallen. Nah. I like I think he's great. Okay. I think he's great. And he was great in Rhythm Nation. But, he, I mean, it was good. Yeah, but, but we're going to listen to okay. yeah. Mama L.O. Cool J, Mama Said Knock Front You Front to back, do it twice. All right. My number two is also a listen. It's a podcast. Um, we live in an age where we piss and moan about our politics, but we don't really know anything about them. Mm-hmm. And so, because we don't know anything about them, we believe anything that the loudest person says. Everything is bait that we will take, sure. Nate Silver is not the loudest person. Nate Silver is the most fucking accurate person. Nate Silver is the guy that predicted the Obama win. Mm -hmm. Um, He predicted the Trump win. Mm -hmm. This guy is a statistician, and he's brilliant. He's got a team of people, and they do... uh, they have a pod or a blog called 538 spelled out. This is the 538 Politics Podcast. Um, it is really ingenious. It is smart. It is fun and, and gives you serious inside baseball about the game of politics in every state, in every city, in this entire country. I highly recommend it. If you want to know what's going on, if you just want to kind of ah, vote for, I'm going to vote for, fine. Fuck yourself. Or this, help yourself and or, listen yeah, to. Listen to this and you at least will have a far more informed opinion. And in, isn't that the point? Having a more informed opinion politically? I think so. Well, there you go. So my number three or my number one, however you want to put it, um, it's another listen. All right. <laughs> uh I'm not making a good case for the whole anti... Yeah, I know. I know. There's lots of these. You were really... Nostalgia You, did, you didn't here. come down on the anti-nostalgia, given that you're basically trying to reinvent your son as yourself. I think you've kind of made a case for nostalgia. I've made a case for nostalgia. I've, ma- I've made a case for good things, like the album <laughs> New Miserable Experience by the Gin Blossoms. 1992. <laughs> that is a fucking great album, man. That is a great goddamn See, the thing, album. The thing that's interesting is that your albums are nostalgic for you. For me, they don't. They seem that they seem kind of recent, because to me, nostalgia is Boston by Boston. All right, well, that's you know, nostalgic. Jim Blossoms played Boston. We'll see. There you go. The city, not the band. They didn't like play them for their money or whatever. It all fits. The Gin Blossoms. What was the name of the album? New Miserable Experience. That's the one with Hey Jealousy. Okay, I know um, that song. This is Rita. And the cool thing about that album is that um, 
the f the guitarist that wrote the majority of those songs, Doug Hopkins, mm -hmm. uh, was an alcoholic, troubled, depressed, and uh, they fired him right before they took off because they he, like, he wouldn't show up to practice, and uh -huh. if he did, he was just too fucking wrecked to play his solos and all that. Did he come back? Uh, he ate a shotgun. Wow. So he blew his head off like right before Hey Jealousy became a huge hit. And it was just like... And he his, wrote the song? Yeah. Wow, So he wrote a lot of the songs sucks. on the first album. Yeah. Um, so all the songs on that album are heart-wrenching and they're about doubt and, you know, pain yeah. and all that other, you know, Gen X, 90s, blah, bullshit. Yeah. But the dude fucking lived up to it. And he and, fucking and, ate and a shotgun. And himself, all right. Yeah, so, but it's a really, really, really great album. All right. Yeah. And my number one, it, it does fit the nostalgia, sort of. Um, it is about something that was huge at the time in the 80s, but no one knows about today. AIDS. No, everybody knows about AIDS. Do they know about AIDS? Matthew Modine was in a movie about it. Everybody knows about it. Still? Yeah. I, that's a, I would this challenge is, that. Yeah, all right. This <laughs> is a documentary. It's a series on Netflix directed by McLean and Chapman Way. It is called Wild Wild Country. It tells the true story of Indian guru Bhagwan Sri Ranish and his cult that tried to completely take over an Oregon town in the 1980s. It involved the first domestic, uh, arguably you could call it chemical attack or bio bi biological yeah. attack on 900 people. Jesus. Because the cult mm -hmm. was trying to take over politically and they, they wanted all the people that were going to vote for their opponents to be sick. So they went and hit, like, I think, I can't remember the number, but like 19 different diners and restaurants and put Jesus. salmonella in all the food so that everybody that ate there would get sick and not go vote. Oh, my God. Is, is this true? This is all Holy completely shit. true. Basically, here's the, the blurb. When a controversial guru builds a utopian city in the Oregon desert, it causes a massive conflict with local ranchers. This docuseries chronicles the conflict, which leads to the first bioterror attack in the United States and a massive case of illegal wiretapping, pivotal but largely forgotten time in American cultural history that tested the country's tolerance for the separation of church and state. This wow. shit, it's true... Most of, I mean, they fill in some blank, but a lot of the footage is actual news, interviews with these people as it was going on. Huh. It is, and it's fascinating because it is this this cult that came over from India. Yeah. And the idea was, we want to come to the United States because it's got freedom of religion and expression and anybody can do it. And they come in and you've got this entire town that basically feels the same way, but they feel it about themselves. And so you now have two different groups of people saying, we want our freedom of wow. our religion and our civil discourse, and this is how we do it. And they're fighting over control of this town. And it is huh. fucked up, the level of <laughs> acrimony and fucking violence. And, oh, it's just... And it's true. Every... Stip of it is completely tried. It fucked me up. Oh, that's it's great. Okay. Wild, cool. wild country on Netflix. Man, if you haven't seen it, there's six parts. It's it's so fucking good and unbelievable. Wow. It's almost like M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong wrote it. Oh, fuck. <laughs>
Fuck me. <laughs> this has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. 